Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically. This is the podcast where I, Jeff, watch every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies, Alfred Hitchcock's movies, in the order they were released, and then I review them. And I do this for a full year. Every Wednesday in 2021, Hitchcock Review. Okay? Now, I gotta say, as I often do, yeah, I, I wonder if someone could go back and listen and count how many times I start off the podcast by saying, I gotta say, but I gotta say, Hitchcock is on a roll. He's he's showing me right now where his pedigree came from, because the first half of this podcast, I'll be honest, there wasn't much special. Even the things I really, really liked, even the things I enjoyed were just fine. And it's because they were surrounded by big piles of dog crap that I was able to enjoy them. That's why I can look and watch The Farmer's Wife, which is a silent movie that lasts for two hours, and say, wow, this was good. Because I had just watched a bunch of garbage. And then The Mannix Man, which I raved about, I realized probably isn't that good. It's a silent film, but it was the best of the bunch. And then there was some trash, and then I watched the skin game, and it was fine, and I thought it was amazing because it was fine. Well, I feel like now we've gotten Spellbound, which I loved. We've gotten Lifeboat, which was really great. We got Suspicion, which was, you know, all right. But now we have Notorious, which features the return of Cary Grant, and it's Cary Grant in top form, but it's still not the Cary Grant I'm used to. And what I mean by that, again, is he's suave, debonair, laissez-faire, nothing gets under his skin kind of guy. And this character that he plays feels so different, and yet it's still Cary Grant, and he's excellent. Now, I got to say, though, the hero of the piece is Ingrid Bergman. Bergman. She was in the last movie. She played the doctor in, in Spellbound, and she was fine. You know, she was all right. Kind of one. She's great in this. She is uh, a self. Okay, so starting into the plot, there's a guy who's basically convicted of like treason. And Ingrid Bergman plays Al- Alicia Huberman, who is the daughter of that guy who's been convicted. Now, uh, She's throwing a party, I guess, really just because she's she's an alcoholic now. Um, she throws this party just to sort of drown her sorrows and forget about the fact that her father was a, uh, a traitor and that he is now ser- serving life in prison. And at this party is our very own Cary Grant, but he goes by the name of Devlin. And he stays late after everyone leaves and they decide to go for a ride. Now, keep in mind that Alicia Ingrid Bergman is totally hammered at this point. And she comes whipping around the corner and I'm thinking we're going to get the classic Cary Grant who doesn't let anything get to him because they're whipping around the corner and he's like, nice night for a drive, I guess. And uh, they get pulled over because she's speeding down the road and drunk. And the police officer is, a you know, getting some lip from Ingrid Bergman's character, but not to worry Cary Grant flashes an ID. The police officer says, oh, I didn't know, and drives off. So what we find out is that Cary Grant actually works for some sort of 
arm of the government that has spies. Okay. And they know that Ingrid Bergman is actually loyal to the United States because they have her on tape talking to her dad, telling him to stop doing what he's doing. And, you know, they basically, they can trust her. But what they also know is that her dad and her had friends with this guy who's like supplying plutonium or something. It's like some sort of plutonium powder. And what they want to do is since she has a relationship with this guy's name, Sebastian, is they want to send her overseas. Now, it takes a little time for them to get to where they're about to talk to the people who are running this whole operation. But during this time, uh, Devlin, Cary Grant, and Alicia, Ingrid Bergman, fall in love. Now, this is classic Hitchcock not knowing how to write a love story. And it's or not even that he doesn't know how, but there's no time to do it. And in this movie, they're just in love, like out of nowhere. Okay, we're in love now. And it doesn't make sense. Now, here's the thing. At the end of the movie, they've developed a rapport and you can buy it. But here at this point, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, Now, Cary Grant is actually a very passive person in this to start. He's kind of nervous around Alicia because she's very aggressive in her personality and i think that opposites attract and they start kind of falling for one another and carrie grant gets called in and he's told the plan and she has to go and sort of date uh, mr sebastian uh, alexander sebastian who is played by claude rains whose name sounds super familiar but i'm not sure what else i would have seen him in um I think there are some other reoccurring cast here. I think, um, no, maybe not. Um, and they tell him that she's going to hook up with the Sebastian guy as being undercover. He doesn't like this, but he goes all business. Now he goes all business on Ingrid and says, this is the plan. This is what you have to do. She's like, well, do you want me to do it? Basically saying, if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. But then he leaves it up to her. It's kind of like when people decide they want to have dinner as a married couple or even a dating couple. And nobody knows. Nobody's willing to actually say what they want. That's what happens here. Well, she decides that she's going to go ahead and do it. That's what she's here for. And um, this pisses off Cary Grant. But he's also the guy who's delivering the message and not speaking how he feels whatever. So they go overseas and it's really easy for her to reconnect with Mr. Sebastian. Now they also have this guy, Mr. Prescott, maybe I think is the, the other sort of the head of the, of the operation here. And, uh, anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you that, but that's the guy who's like in charge. So as she cozies up to Mr. Sebastian, um, she actually, is so Devlin is like her handler. Like he, he's the one who delivers the messages from the agency to her and vice versa. And so there's a lot of times they're seen together and they play it off as if they hate each other. Right. So they get caught together a lot by Mr. Sebastian. And she's like, he doesn't mean anything to me. Actually, I kind of hate him. And at this point she has that love hate where she's, he's pissed her off so much. She actually kind of does hate her, but it's just, he kind, she kind of hates her because that's how they, <sighs> anyway, but yeah, so 
they're a thing now. Okay. So Mr. Sebastian says, prove it to me that you, he doesn't mean anything to you and marry me. That is stupid. She goes back to like the, the ringleader of the, the, the guy who runs the whole spy thing and tells her, tells him what's up. And this of course pisses Carrie Grant off more, but she's going to do it anyway, because she's not getting what she's looking for from Cary Grant is some effort from him to say, no, don't do it because he cares about her. And he's just, she's just not getting it. So she's like, well, then I'll just do our mission. Now they, she continues to be handled. It's the wrong word. It sounds bad, but it's the right word at the same time. She continues to be handled by Devlin, Cary Grant. And they keep playing off this thing that they're not really friends, but they are friends. And, um, we're also introduced to Sebastian's mom who is no nonsense way back on the easy virtue episode. Um, Mark had mentioned that there's this sort of line of matriarchal characters that run throughout Hitchcock's movies. And that's kind of true. Like with that movie and then this one and then psycho, of course, and we've got a lot more to go. Um, but this is very much uh, reminds me of psycho, his relationship with his mom. It's very much, uh, he is the beta, she is the alpha, and she runs things in this house. Uh, there's a point where, and like the fact that he's married Ingrid Bergman, like pisses her off. And I'm not sure why exactly, other than maybe she wants her son to all do herself. And anytime she's like, I need, she's, there's, so she's doing her spy work at the same time. And she's looking for closets and she lives here as the, the head of the house, um, sort of. And she has to get the keys. And of course, Sebastian has to go beg mom for him. Now there's one closet that the keys that she's received does not allow her into. And on the lock says the word Unica, which I guess is whoever made the lock. Now there's kind of a, this is sort of like one of the key, no pun intended, uh, items in the movie where there, she's looking for the key that matches this Unica lock. Now, on IMDb, I don't know how much you can actually take this for, but apparently uh, Cary Grant kept the key and gave it to Ingrid Bergman. And then later on, Ingrid Bergman gave it to Hitchcock as some sort of anniversary of the movie or whatever. So she's trying to find this key to get into that room. And it's like his wine cellar. I, and I, I might be misremembering the order of things, but she does take the key and they throw a party. And at this party, she's invited Devlin as a way to prove once again, this is a weird thing to prove that you're not interested in someone by always having them around. Seems like a bad plan. She invites them back and they both break into this wine cellar after she's stolen the key. And as they're snooping around, Cary Grant's dumbass breaks a bottle. And so instead of wine being everywhere, it's this plutonium powder stuff that he takes a sample back. They kind of repair things and they take another empty bottle and fill it up and put it back how it was. So no one will notice as they're leaving. They notice that Mr. Sebastian is coming. And in order to cover the tracks that they're spying, Cary Grant thinks it's a great idea that they make out and get caught. And they do. And this pisses off Mr. Sebastian, as you would think, but she plays it off as well as possible saying that he forced himself on her and all of that. But Mr. Sebastian, after a while, he stopped, but he's no longer buying it. And 
as he goes back to his room, he notices that the Unica key is gone off of his keychain. No, so he actually notices it's gone when he goes down to the wine cellar. So there's this like subplot of wine running out. And when it runs out, he has to go to the wine cellar, but he doesn't have the Unica key because she has it. And he, that's how he notices it's not on his keychain. He leaves his keychain on the desk. And in the morning, he notices that the Unica key is back, which lets him know that his wife is not who she says she is. And this is to the delight of Sebastian's mom. Why are you up so early? I need your help. Something is wrong? Great deal. Alicia. I have expected it. I knew. I knew. What is it? Mr. Devlin? No. I am married to an American agent. So, that's happening, right? We got uh, a problem on their hands. They have a problem on their hands. Now, here's the problem for them, right? You would just think, hey, let's just be rid of her and be done. Now, the deal is, though, is that Mr. Sebastian is not the head honcho of his gang of Germans who are trying to do things that Germans do. I don't know. Keep in mind, this is right after World War or maybe even still during it. I don't, I'm not a historian. So he works with a bunch of other dudes he's always having meetings with. And one of them is like super ruthless. They even establish early on in the movie when this one guy like kind of loses his cool a little bit, not the major, but kind of tips the hand of the group. They haven't bumped off. Right. So they he Mr. Sebastian knows that. If they find out that he has married an American agent and brought them into his home while they're conducting all of this stuff, they're going to have Mr. Sebastian killed. So Mama and Mr. Sebastian come up with a plan and they don't want it to look like murder because that would draw undue attention. And so they decide to poison her so that she slowly dies. And so through several scenes, she's getting poisoned through drinking tea uh, she's just not feeling well, just kind of slowly getting sicker and sicker. And even to the point where um, Cary Grant notices. Now, somewhere at this point, she hears that Cary Grant is leaving. Now, he's leaving because he can't stand to see her with another dude or whatever. But he should also know that she's undercover, right? She's not doing this because she loves this guy. Anyway, stupid. But they were apart for a, a good portion of this movie where they're not able to be together. And, and through this sort of fact that they have this uh, connection that they cannot explore is what actually is effective in building up the love story. Well, she's getting sicker and sicker and to the point where she doesn't report for her meetings with Devlin, Cary Grant. And Cary Grant gets permission from the head honcho to go check in on her. Now she's totally laid out in bed. And even at this point, she has discovered that she is being poisoned and she knows she's being poisoned, but she's far too weak to actually leave the house. And so she's bedridden in a room with no phone. They take the phone out of the room and she just lays there dying slowly. 
Devlin shows up at the house and the butler's there and he's like, let me talk to Sebastian. Well, Sebastian's in a meeting with the homies and he's like, okay, let me talk to Miss Sebastian. Ingrid, Ingrid's character. Oh, she's still asleep. Well, then you need to go tell Mr. Sebastian I'm here. So as he goes off, um, our very own Cary Grant, who's awesome, goes upstairs and finds her sick on the bed. And in this moment of the movie, there's times in a movie when you're watching it that you realize you're invested. And this is it for me because she's sick in bed. She's been abused and poisoned and has seen seemingly no way out. And then the handsome and amazing Cary Grant comes in the room who at this whole time has been stern and no nonsense. And you know that he's going to be no nonsense about this. He's going to take care of business and he gets her up, professes his love to her. And she does the same. And that gives him and her like the energy to get out. Now she's totally limp at this point, but as he's dragging her out, up the stairs comes Mr. Sebastian with his mother. And Devlin says, you know, hey, and there downstairs are his homies. Remember, I said those people that are going to kill him, Mr. Sebastian, if they find out. So this actually affords Cary Grant a great way to get out because he not blackmails, but essentially blackmails him and says, hey, you need to let me take Ingrid to a hospital. And if you don't, I'm going to tell them that she's an American spy. And then what's going to happen to you? Because Cary Grant knows the kind of people that he works with. This works. Mom is on board right away because she wants her son protected. It takes him to get to the bottom of the stairs before he makes a decision. Sebastian and says he's just going to take her to the hospital. She's not feeling well. And as they get in the car. Sebastian goes to get in the car. He's like, you got to let me come too. Cause I'm, they're going to kill me. And Cary Grant locks the door and is like, that sounds like you're a problem. And then he hauls ass. And then the final scene is Sebastian turning around, slowly walking back into the house towards the guy who likes to kill people. And the door closes and the credits roll. Yes. This is what I mean. Like I was it, was it last week's episode spellbound where there was just one too many scenes. Yeah where they show everyone happily ever after. Sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you leave on the highest possible point. And the highest possible point in this movie was uh, them making that escape, very tense escape, the, the, the reconnection of Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman's characters and the comeuppets for Mr. Sebastian and his mom. Now, we're not sure what that is exactly. We don't need to know, but it's not going to be good for them. Uh, so... They didn't have to show an extra scene of Cary Grant and her getting married. We didn't need that. It ended perfectly at the perfect moment. And this movie's great. Now, I said last week's movie's great. And there's great scenes in last week's movie. The the dream sequence from before. The, the, the scene where the bad guy shoots himself. Really cool stuff. And the story's pretty good. The story in this is way better. The finale is way better. This is a great movie and it's Cary Grant. It's awesome. We got more Cary Grant movies coming. Uh, I don't know if Ingrid Bergman's in anymore necessarily. I don't think so. Um, but if she is, I welcome it because she's fantastic in this movie. And a lot of times the female characters break down to just being the damsel in distress, especially in these older films. 
not the case here. She's very much in control until the very end where uh, she is poisoned and he has to go get her. I don't feel, even though that is a damsel in distress situation, um, she's in that situation because the choices to continue serving uh, our country and everything. So you could have your own opinion on it. It's fine. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's my favorite and I'm done trying to pick favorites because we're starting to get where it's little things that I, this movie's great and you should watch it. It is on Tubi, which is an ad supported streaming service. So you don't have to pay. You just have to watch a handful of ads and it's not too bad. Every time I've watched a movie on Tubi, it's been a pretty good experience, uh, you know, for a free experience. Now we move up another year. We are now in 1947 and we're going to watch the paradigm case. Now this movie shows uh, the return of Gregory Peck uh, from last week's movie. It also has Charles Lofton who I, uh, well, and he also has Leo G Carroll who was in um, spellbound as like the head doctor who ended up being the main bad guy. He's back in this next movie. Um, and then Charles Lofton, is the guy in Jamaica in like the Mr. Humperdinck guy. He wasn't Humperdinck, Humphrey. He was excellent in that movie. The The only reason to watch that movie was for his performance. He's in this next movie, Gregory Peck. Are we at a point where there's not going to be any more stinkers? Now I got to say too, I've seen birds, not a fan. Maybe it'll grow on me and I like it this time, but Maybe we don't have any more stinkers. We can hope. I want to thank you for listening to Hitchcock Chronologically. Thank you. There, I did it. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. You don't have to do Hitchcock Chronologically at gmail.com. No one does. Also, check out my other podcasts. I'm on Budget Arcade and uh, The Movie Draft House. We changed the name because no one could find it. Weird how that works. Uh, you can find both of those anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week for the paradigm case.